Hey, Last Looks crew. Now, if you're listening to this, I'm going to be bold and assume you are a freelancer. I assume that because anyone working as a hair and makeup artist in the TV and film world normally is. And guys, we've been through some tough times as a community in the last three years, a worldwide pandemic and strikes shutting down our industry. So I wanted to chat to makeup artist Tina Raisler-Kerwin about money, money, money. Now, Tina is not a professional financial advisor, but she knows some stuff and speaks from experience as a freelancer that has worked in the industry for 98% of her adult working life. In this bonus episode, Tina and I want to remind you and maybe just give you a little nudge needed to set yourself up for success and hopefully avoid that increased stress level when something happens and stops you from working. Because I know no one wants to feel like that. My name is Jamie Lee, a film hairstylist living in Long Beach, and this is The Last Looks Podcast, a show where I catch up with hairstylists and makeup artists working in the film and television industries around the world. And today, Tina and I are chatting all things money. Let's go. And now, our feature presentation. Picture up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome back to the Last Looks podcast, Tina. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I wanted to chat to you about money. Because I know you're pretty clued up on financial do's and don'ts. And we have been chatting about how freelancers can avoid financial crisis working in such an unstable industry. I mean, just in the last few years, we've had a pandemic and a strike. Both events shut our industry down for really decent chunks of time. So let's get into what people can do to help avoid money troubles when it happens again. Because we both know it will happen again at some point. Let's hope the pandemic doesn't happen again, but it strikes. Shit happens. So, yeah, I mean, shall we talk quickly about what a freelancer is and maybe remind people that in this industry they are freelance? Well, and that's one thing that some people don't always recognize, but a freelancer, the textbook definition of freelancer is somebody who works for different companies, not permanently employed by one company, Mm. And they're hired to complete a specific task or project. And that's everybody. That's everybody, union or non-union. And the Mm. thing, like you were saying before, you know, hard times will come in some form or another. And what we want to be ready for is whenever that comes. In in finance, you, you hope for the best and you plan for the worst. And so if we all, you know, somehow get lucky for a few years, great, then you're going to get ahead. But the goal is to try and stay ahead with a plan as opposed to getting lost in, you know, whatever comes your way. And we're not professionals. Neither one of us are professionals. We've just done this. We've lived this. We've survived all these ups and downs, at least so far. (laughs) So, so, um, so we're, we're giving advice as a person who's been through it, not as a, you know, financial professional. You'll get the best advice from people who are professionals. And I'm going to say this 12 times. If you're looking for professionals, always find a fiduciary, a fiduciary, fiduciary. It's a person who's going to not sell you something. They're going to help you with what helps you, not helps them financially. And if they're not a fiduciary, they can sell you stuff that, you know, just happens to be something they can make money off of. So it's an important word when you're looking for financial help. So 
I know, and it's a word that, you know, makes me giggle every time I hear it. I know, um, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because it's got the word douche in it. Um, <laughs> well, don't be a douche. Don't get up a douche, Gary. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That is a slogan for this episode. Um, so, yeah, we are not professional financial advisors, um, and we just want you to start thinking about it if you're not already and maybe start putting some things into action if you aren't already exactly so let's start with budgeting and I mean how many times have you asked yourself where did my money go yeah and I think every time everybody does their taxes that's about the first thing that comes up is (laughs) where where did my money go yeah and and that's the thing about creating a budget and I know budgets sound scary and budgets sound boring and budgets sound you know, hard and all that. But basically, by sort of breaking down your spending and breaking it down into categories will make it easier, whether that's rent and mortgage or car note or groceries or utilities or whatever it is. And sort of having an understanding of what you spend. I mean, even even daily, you can write down what you spend. If you did a daily tally for as short a time as two months and you wrote down absolutely everything that you spent, you'd be surprised because you can spend money sometimes on a daily basis that you're not even sort of factoring in. But if you were, you know, if you're shopping by Starbucks to get a coffee Mm -hmm. and you're spending, you know, let's just make it easy math, $5 a day for Mm -hmm. a year, that's $1,825. So not to say you can't have your fancy coffee. It's just if you can do five dollars for starbucks or whatever it is then you can do the same for saving or retirement or planning for some event that you want to get to so you can you can map out your money in a way that will help you understand and answer that question where it all went and you don't have to do the budget thing forever i mean the um the the tally forever you're just going to do it until you get an understanding of where your money goes and that, and you know, when you're doing it, you have to include all the things that are yearly and monthly and, you know, whatever, whether it's Christmas or back to school or HOA dues or union dues or whatever it is, sort of factor that stuff in. And then you're just, you're setting up and making a plan. And if you'll start, that's the most important thing is to start recognizing and start doing something to get more acquainted with your money and your budget. Even if you start small, just start and it'll make more sense. So uh, talking about the $5 a day on Starbucks, you don't necessarily recognize that as a big spending, but you're also not going to recognize that as a big saving. It's not going to feel like a big pinch out of your income if you're doing the same, you know, $5 uh, a day into your your retirement or to your savings account or, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. You don't have to do huge things to make a huge difference. As long as you just do something and you do it regular and you get in the habit of doing it and you do it every single paycheck, every single paycheck, every single time, it'll make a difference. And you won't feel the pinch of the money that's going to your future until the future comes and it's not there. Yeah. yeah. And then it's more than more like a kick in the ass or a punch in the face um, yeah. <laughs> not so yeah. much a pinch <laughs> yeah so, I mean, look, look, how many, look how many months we've been not working and if mm. you weren't in some way you know prepared for this then you are very likely in trouble right now 
And that's really tough. That's really tough to think about for whatever reason, work stops Mm. that you're not prepared to take a hit for a little while. Because like we said before, something will always come and you just hope for the best and plan for the worst. Yeah. Now let's talk about something that you said to me that really stuck with me. Let's talk about the most expensive money around and that's credit card money. People are probably like, huh, what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's very expensive money because you're borrowing that money basically and you're paying a fee and very high fees likely to borrow that money. So anytime you're carrying a credit card debt, the average rate on a credit card debt is 28%. Some are higher, some are lower, but you're paying basically for that money. And the biggest difference you can make in your financial future is to remove credit card debt. Because Mm. if you can maintain no credit card debt, then you're very likely living within your means. If you're carrying debt, you're very likely not living it within your and only you're gonna you're gonna ultimately pay more for the debt than the debt itself. And so the rule of thumb I would say to everybody is that every time you charge, you pay it off full, the entire amount, no matter what it is, every single month. And yeah. that sounds crazy and daunting if you have a huge credit card debt, but there's a couple of ways that you can pay off credit card and there's two different sort of theories and you can sort of combine them both. One of them is that you pay minimums on all of your cards and the one with the highest interest rates, you put as much money to that one as you can. Mm. And then you keep trying to get that card down because you're paying the most for that card. Mm. The other method is you pay minimums on everything and the one with the lowest debt, you pay all the money that you can on that one so that you basically will eliminate that card. And then you take that money and then you put it to the to the next card. And so and when you say eliminate, you mean just get rid of like, oh, who needs more than one credit card? Stop it. Well, <laughs> well, well, there's there's the theory in whether you get rid of your cards or don't get rid of your cards, but you mm. want to get rid of the debt on the card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you don't want to have like six accounts because that's not great. But if you have three and you pay one off, you might not want to get rid of the card. You want to just get rid of that debt. Because most people charge their credit card and they couldn't even tell you what's on it. They couldn't even tell you what is charged on that card unless they did one massive, you know, uh, charge. They don't know what's Mm. on it because it's been sitting there for so long. It's been sitting there for so many months. They can't look back and identify, oh, that's right. I bought, you know, new sheets or I paid for, you know, my vet bill or I, you know, whatever. They can't, they don't remember Mm. And that's getting so far away from your money that you've lost the connection. And now you're just, you're paying to borrow and you always want to save before you borrow. What do you mean save before you borrow? If you're not paying a credit card debt with a fee, Mm. then the 28% potentially that you would be paying to carry that debt, you can put somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think people, I don't know, it's such a weird, I don't know whether it's just really good um, (laughs) promotional stuff for credit cards, but I think some people think that it's kind of like free money, but it's like the complete opposite. It's the most expensive money you can spend. 
it's really interesting they disconnect when people put things on their credit card there's definitely yeah. a connection to it but yeah. if you get into the mindset whatever you charge you're paying off you make those connections again and then you think about your purchases in a different way yeah how many how many times do you need another hair product or another makeup palette or another whatever you know yes we have to stay current yes we have to stay with good products yes we have to have you know, blah, blah, blah. But we don't necessarily have to have everything new, whether mm. in our kit or our clothes or, or whatever. We just have to think about things in a very important way and a very different way than people who have a full-time job and know where their paycheck's coming, you know, forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> within reason, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you'll feel a lot of relief for ha being debt free and the, yeah. the relief that you'll feel will be priceless. And having no credit card debt in tough times is a huge, huge difference in how your finances will go. Yeah. You can use it's that card if you absolutely have to when yeah. times get really tough. But if it's maxed out or, or the fee on it or the the, you know, the monthly payment is so high already, you're, you know, you don't have a lot of wiggle. I mean, that's a really good way to think of it, I think, Tina, is it, somehow credit cards have just become like our normal way of spending, but uh, it should really, and that's how I started when I first had a credit card, was like, that was my, like some type of, I don't know, if the shit hit the fan big time, yeah. then that's when that credit card would get pulled out. Yeah. And that was the only reason that I used to have that. But now it just seems like people have got like five different credit cards and that's just how they live. There's no problem with using your credit card because you can get, you know, air miles on your credit yeah. card. You can get benefits on your credit card. The, they make the, it very well, appealing. Yeah. <laughs> you know why they make it very appealing? Because they're making money off of you. Oh, yeah. It's not for your benefit. <laughs> 100%. They're going to throw in some perks here and there, but yeah. you're still paying for it one way or the other. And mm. if you get into the mindset that you're going to pay it off at the end of the month, regardless of whether it's five, 500 or 5,000, you get into the mindset, you're going to pay it off. Mm. You're going to also get into the mindset to be more connected to what you're spending. And, yeah. and that's the biggest issue with finances across the board is people have a disconnect to their mm. finances. And once they sort of understand just a few basics and just connect, in a few simple ways, then they'll they'll spend their money differently. And it'll make a difference when times get tough. Yeah, yeah. So let's chat about the future and what we need to think about there. Because I know personally I'm shit at it. And I don't normally want to think about what happens when I retire and how I will live. I, I dread thinking about it. Not having children is even worse. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to be tortured by nurses in an old person's home. I better <laughs> be able to afford a really fancy one. Um, but I... <laughs> I need to wake up and I need to start planning shit. I mean, I should have started that like 20 years ago. I mean, I'm like 44 and literally old enough to be a grandparent. So what is that about? But, but before I before I start tailspinning yeah. into an aging crisis, um, let's talk about savings and retirement. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is regardless of how old you are or how young you are, mm. start. Just yeah. start saving for retirement. Yeah. And, and I said this before, every single paycheck 
every single time, put something away. And it could be $10 or 10%. And mm. you just put it somewhere for your savings and retirement. And, you know, that amount can change and increase as you're able, but start something. And if you're going to do a retirement, then you can have, you know, you need to have either a Roth IRA or a, a traditional IRA. And they're different. And without getting in to too many weedsy things, the, the most important thing to recognize is that whether it's Social Security or your union retirement, those are just two legs of a three-legged stool. And your third leg for that stool so that you have balance is going to be your savings in retirement. Yeah. That's the and only way you're going to make it through, you know, the, the, the tough times as you need a nurse and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that's very American based. And I'm sure yeah. each person, yeah. wherever they are in the world, has an idea of what they're looking at. Well, in the UK, yeah. it's national insurance contributions. In Australia, it's uh, uh, superannuation. Superannuation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and so every place is going to have a different terminology, but the but the bottom line is still the same. You yeah. need to save for retirement and you need to have some kind of retirement plan. And the sooner that you start, the better, because if you start young, obviously don't, if, even at 44, start. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah. the thing about starting early and the thing that's so important for young people to recognize, and this is the hardest people to reach sometimes, is that if you start early, one of the best benefits to starting early is something called compound interest. And mm. basically, the money that you save earns interest. And then the interest in the money you save earns interest. And you just mm. sort of keep going. And your money will make more on itself in the long term than someone who has a shorter period of time. But regardless of the age, just start. Because mm. if you're not doing that, then what are you going to do when you get older? So like I said, in the, in the U.S., there's the Roth and there's the traditional IRA. And Roth is taxed in advance of the money going into the account. And the IRA is taxed after the money. Is it IRA in. or is it IRS? It's IRA. IRS is the, the Internal Revenue Service. IRA is Individual Retirement Account. Oh, um, okay, great. Yeah, so Roth and IRA. And there's benefits to both. Some people like that it, when you pull the money out of the Roth, there's no taxes on it. But the difference, you know, some people like the traditional because when you do pull the money out traditionally, you're taxed based on the income you're making at the time. Right. And so your income generally will be lower Mm. So that the tax that you pay is lower, whereas the Roth you pay on the money that you're making at the time. So there's benefits and pluses, not to get some weepy. <laughs> right. So if you've already retired and there's fuck all money coming in, then you won't get taxed as much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And the thing about both of these accounts is that however, whichever one works better for you, we're, we're not talking about like huge, crazy, you know, money. If you max out these accounts, um, if you're under 50, that's $6,500 a year. And you're like, oh my God, 6,500. How am I going to do that? Well, you do that by $125 a week. And if you're, if you're over 50, it's 75 because you don't have as much time to save. You can put more in. So that's mm -hmm. 145 a week. So if you think about basically 125 or 145 a week, compare that to, you know, your day rate or your kit 
or your mm. Starbucks purchases or your whatever, you know, money that you can, you know, connect it to weekly and see how you can, you know, make that contribution make more sense to you by breaking it into smaller bites. And and again, and if you're in the UK, it's stocks and shares and Green Deal for is another one, industrial plan. Australia is that superannuation, which I don't know why that's so hard to say. That's kind of like a superannuation is kind of like a combination of like a, it's like a hybrid of a social security and a 401k. And if you're in Canada, it's TFSA. So whatever it's called, it's still retirement and it's still savings and it still needs to be part of your regular weekly thought process. And you can mm. set these accounts up automatically. They don't have to necessarily be you every single week transferring money. It can be, but yeah. it can be set up automatically. So you have automatic withdrawals that go into. So when you think, where did all my money go? And then you go, oh, yeah, it's going towards some really cool shit. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then what's so, it's, what's so great is that that amount of money pulling out without you having, you know, like I said, I don't, you won't miss it any more than you'll miss the $5 for Starbucks or whatever. It does add up and it adds up quickly. And it, and it adds up in a way that's going to make you feel so good about it that you're going to want to keep doing it. And then as you can, you just increase that amount. But you have to think about if you're not doing something now for saving and retirement, then what are you going to do? You know, you have to consider that unless you get really super lucky, <laughs> you're going to need some money when you retire in order to maintain even close to the lifestyle that you have now. And then add on that, the prices of, you know, cost of living and everything else goes up. And then you have medical that will go up. You need to have some thinking, you know, about what you're going to do. You know, not to scare people because it's all within reason. It's all manageable. It's all just about coming up with a plan. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to bring up something that I see often and it both kind of confuses me and freaks me out. <laughs> and that is seeing GoFundMe pages set up for artists that work in the same industry. They have either fallen ill with something and or they've hurt themselves in some way and they need financial assistance. So in LA and in the union, and I thought we had medical coverage. It doesn't seem like that is enough. And I know in other countries it's different, but it just goes to show even if you think you're covered and going to have enough money from whatever system you're in, it may not be the case. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, prepping for sickness or injuries that may stop us from working. Well, here's the thing. You need savings and you need retirement because you, you're going to need to pay for your bills and mm. you're going to need to pay for your future. But if you save for something specific, and I don't mean you're, you're going to necessarily save for medical but if you're saving for some, a specific purchase or uh, mm. expense, medical can fall into that category. And that's a different savings than all these others because whether you're sick or you're injured or you're still not working and you still have to pay those other bills. And mm. unfortunately, medical doesn't cover everything. And we have medical coverage, but it's not going to cover everything. And if you, mm. you know, sort of max out your medical coverage because you're not able to work, then you then you're going to start paying for it yourself. I just recently had dental uh, work done. I cracked a tooth, you know, mm. and a thousand dollars of 
the bill, I had to pay on my own, even with mm. dental insurance. Mm. So that kind of medical expense comes out of nowhere. But also, you know, so does having to replace a roof or having to do car repair or having mm. to do, you know, something like that, replace your air conditioner, whatever, whatever it is, those unexpected expenses, you also need to save for those kinds of things. But if you, you know, on a happier note, if you want to save for like a big vacation or a down payment for a car or a house or, or you want to do a remodel, you still have to save for those kinds of things. And, mm. and the reason I sort of separate them a little bit is because they're more discretionary. Those are things that a lot of those may fall in the category of things you want to do. Um, mm. Obviously, medical doesn't. Obviously, you know, car accident doesn't. But if you have a separate savings, then you're savings that you're going to pay for your rent or your mortgage or your car note or whatever, if, if something goes haywire, then these things are something on top of or in addition to that. So I always sort of think of them separately. And medical can come out of nowhere. Medical can get really expensive really quickly. And wh whatever place that you're in, you probably have better coverage everywhere but here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's just an unfortunate reality. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to do savings. You can do regular savings at a bank, which doesn't give you a super high interest rate. You can do a, what they call a money market account, which these don't, these names and everything are kind of scary, but they're just a different kind of savings and it just has a better interest rate. There's high yield savings account, which are generally maybe an online bank. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. I mean, if you're saving for something specific, like a, a big family vacation, if you're talking airfare, hotel, car rental, restaurant souvenirs, you know, all of that, that can get really expensive really fast. You know, eight, 10, 15,000, if you're going for a couple of weeks, you can, that can yeah. get really expensive really fast. And even more so if you're putting it on your credit card, guys. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because then you're paying on top of all of that. You know, yeah. the, whatever the percentage rate. And but if you if you think about, you know, I'm going to save for this big vacation or this rainy day, whatever that is, mm. and you put aside, you know, $150 a week or something like that, you can get home from a big vacation, even if you charged your entire vacation on your card. And as soon as the bill comes in, you can pay it all off. Mm. And because you put the money aside, you're not going to have to look at that vacation expense you know, for months and years afterwards, because you've already, you've already planned for it. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing worse than going on, <laughs> doing something great and fun and awesome like that. And then paying it off yeah. after yeah. the fact, like saving for it before the fact, I think is so much more exciting than trying to pay it off after you've done it. You're yeah. like, you know, six months later and you're still trying to pay off the holiday that you, that you had. Sort of takes the charm out of that. Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of takes the charm out of that. And I mean, I, earlier this year in May, I did a big family thing and, you know, I went to Texas and saw my family and it, it got expensive really fast, mm. you know, mm. by the time you get the airfare in the car and the house, you know, and it's just it, it food and it gets expensive really fast. And but if you yeah. can, if you can plan on it and you can put money aside and it doesn't have to be, you know, $150 a week, but it certainly could be if you're trying to do it all in a, in a year to save for it. But just put it away in whatever amount you can manage. And I guarantee you can manage more than you think you can. Mm. And we're, what we're trying to establish is that just set some goals and work towards them. And you'll be so proud of yourself when you get there that you won't have this debt hanging over you. You'll look forward to the vacation more when it 
you're not paying for it. Yeah. Later on. I think for me, I don't know, I just kind of maybe struck it lucky somehow, but a mixture of my upbringing, not having financial backup once I was in the workforce. Yeah. And then just the type of work I ended up in doing film work in New Zealand where it's, you know, sometimes it's far and few between, that I just really got into a habit from an early age of saving and not uh, the thought of... I hate being in debt I hate owing money like it just yeah. makes me feel I don't feel secure I don't feel safe and I, I don't I yeah I just don't like it I mean that the fact that I have a mortgage right now still stresses me the hell out so and that's the only money I owe is a mortgage I mean it's big but it's very normal because that's what everyone pretty much does yeah. but that will and be my only debt like I just right. cannot do anything else it stresses me out too much and, and a mortgage um, is not bad debt though and mortgage no. is what they they don't consider a mortgage a bad debt because yeah. because the the flip side of that is if your house is paid off mm. then whatever the value of your house is that's just money that's sitting there not mm. you know you're not you're not able to access that money so um, yeah. that's not it's not bad debt necessarily. That being said, just feels like a lot sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well, especially when there's a work stoppage for whatever reason. Especially mm. when there's all of a sudden the money's going out and nothing's coming in. Mm. And so it's why you have to sort of set up these different little pockets for different things that you want to plan for: retirement savings and you know a specific purchase or emergency fund or, or whatever you call it, you know? Yeah. And you can, like, again, you can do this automatically. You can set it up with your bank, your credit union or your whatever financial establishment you use or even app that you use that your money is pulled out regularly. Yeah. Years ago, I did, during the pandemic, I did a financial thing for our union and I interviewed mm. a lot of people about their finances and I had two different people that had very, very different approaches to their finances. One person put a few hundred dollars, whatever they needed, into their checking account and put everything else into savings. Mm. And so they wrote all their checks and did all their bills from their checking account and everything mm -hmm. else went into savings. Mm -hmm. The other person put a little bit of money in savings and everything stayed in checking. Mm -hmm. And the two different scenarios was you know, maybe coincidence, but the one that had kept all the money in the checking and barely any money in saving was in much more financial difficulties because it looked like they had money and they mm. spent like they had money because they were making money. They had mm. nothing for when they didn't have. Money. And mm. the person who put everything in savings when mm. it came time to, you know, when times got tough, they had lived within their means mm. and they had the money in the savings. When you are that type of person, I think that does that, you you consider once it's in savings that you can't touch that. Like it's not spending money. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore in your brain. You're just like, that is over there. And you only look at what's in your checking as to, as you say, like yeah. spending within your means. As a freelancer, if you're not living within your means, and by the way, a means that can be highly fluctuating throughout our, our career, then you can get yourself into trouble really quickly. If you're on a series or you're on a film and you're making a regular paycheck, you are making that regular paycheck for a you know, limited amount of time. Mm. And you can't live off that money as if that money is coming in forever because you'll, you'll get yourself in trouble really quickly. Yeah. One thing that I shock people with, and I tell them all the time, 
and this is hard for people to to hear sometimes, is that you should look at every paycheck as two halves. Half is for now and half is for later. Right. And you sort of need to adjust to living off of half of your paycheck. And yeah. you may not have to do that forever. You may just need to do that until you get some financial goals reached, whether it's mm. saving, whether it's retirement, what, you know, whatever it is. You need to just, you know, getting your credit card paid off or whatever. But if you can... Just getting into good habit. Exactly. But, it, mm. but chances are, if you can live off of, you know, we make good money. If you can live off half of your paycheck, mm. you know, maybe it's a different percentage. Maybe you're living off of three quarters and, and you put a quarter is for later. Mm. If you're living below your means, you're going to set yourself up for a better financial future. And yeah. that's something that's really hard to, for people to hear. We won't make the money that we make on a regular job forever. And so we need to just be prepared for when every day you work needs to pay for a day you don't, basically. So, I mean, people might be thinking like, this is a lot. <laughs> where, do I, where do I even start? So what, where would you start? Like, what is, what is a couple of things that they could immediately start doing, like to get that ball rolling? Well, there's financial information in a million different forms right now. On, on, mm. And you can go online. There's a, a dozen apps out there. A really great one to start with is one called YNAB. It's in its You Need a Budget. So it's yeah. Y-N-A-B. YNAB is one that's going to, it sort of just gives you a place to start. And it helps yeah. you put things in categories. And it helps you just sort of organize your information. And even if you don't, go into that app, there's information you can gain from it. And there's there's right. a budgeting app called um, Mint, uh, mm-hmm. which is a great one. Quicken has one, Pocket Guard. And those are budgeting or helping saving specifically? Both. They're Both. all of those things, yeah. Oh, cool. And there, and then there's, you know, one that, that we've talked about before, uh, Digit, which I think you said now is Opportune. Yeah, the, the husband uses it. And it, yeah, it's now, I think, Opportune purchase digit but yeah. he loves it like it yeah. figures out what he can afford to be taken out without even noticing that it's been taken out so yeah. it just kind of works it out for him he puts mm. in a goal of how much he's wanting by a certain time and that app will do its best it's not going to make you have no money mm-hmm. um but it yeah it's smart and it works out what it can take from you yeah. every week and he loves it i mean he, there's been a couple of times those goals haven't been hit but most of the time he said it works really well and he doesn't even have to think about it and that's one thing that's really great particularly when you're getting started is that you know right now there's just tons of information out there in mm. all of these apps you know there's also acorn and robin hood and you know and then places like motley fool and nerd wallet are places that you can go and just read articles and read information and they'll they'll list apps and stuff in those online uh, information financial courses yeah. but there's a lot of information out there and it th- that's the first thing i would do is start looking for some source of information that mm. is you know vetted and and not some crackpot or something and start figuring out what you can do on a regular basis. And and the biggest thing is to get in the habit of doing it and do it every single time and every single paycheck. And whether you set it up automatically or you actively move money, this is something you can do. And also it's going to connect you, you know, like when you focus on your credit card and paying your credit card off or not charging mm. more than you can spend, you're going to mm. get reconnected to your funds. 
in a way that that you might not be now. There's so much information out there. There's even there's there's a woman on Instagram that just tells you about not only smart investing but smart buying, where you can mm. find discounts on things, where you can find uh, ways to save money on whatever it is that you need. I think her Instagram is your rich BFF. You know, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe it's your dot rich BFF. She, she's just a young woman who happens to be in her 20s who happens to be a millionaire because right. she, you know, got really... Gets was, yeah, she got smart yeah. and she got lucky. Both, she's doing it. But there's a lot of information there. But the, you can focus on small things, whether it's putting money away, putting a larger amount towards your credit cards and getting your mm. credit cards paid off. That's a huge yeah. one. That'll make a huge yeah. difference in how you yeah. pay your money. I think it it's really important to just stop for a second and think about what what relationship you have with money too. And if you, some people don't need to be as strict as others. Others really need to put some definite lines in the sand for this is how I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all or nothing. And some people can, you know, they have a bit more wiggle room because they're a little more naturally, I guess, strict with themselves. But you just Take a minute to, I guess, understand how best you can do it for yourself. Because as I say, everyone's different. And also, man, you work hard for that money. Don't fucking throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you're not thinking about it, then, then who is? And the thing yeah. is, is that finances is not necessarily something that people were taught or people are comfortable with knowing or understanding or talking about. But mm. the, it, the thing is, is that if, if you're taking money in and you're paying your taxes and, and you're, you know, paying your mortgage, your money is, you're actively in the money and finance world <laughs> in some mm. level. We're just yeah. wanting you to get in there a little bit further and, and do a little bit more that's going to help you down the road. And you will at some point in your life need that money that you put yeah. away. And if you're not doing it for yourself, then you have to ask yourself who might be doing it for you. Maybe, maybe you have a wrench uncle. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm good. God bless you. But if you do, but, you know, we make a good living when we get into this business. And we just have to think about, you know, the time that we're not working, whether that's the job is over and I have a month off before my next job or my career is towards the end. And now, how am I going to pay my bills? So we, yeah. we think about it now will be so much happier and so much more relaxed and so much more at ease later. And look, if you're not stressing about money, then your health is probably better also. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you don't want to go down that spiral. But I, I just well, would say whatever you do, just just do something. Just start something. Yeah. Well, I hope that this has given people a reminder or a kick up the ass or something, a little bit of inspiration to sort your money stuff out and be a little more organized on that front so there's less stress when the shit hits the fan and tina thank you so much like you're the the best person to go to about this stuff you just know all the things (laughs) i'm gonna say straight away i'm not the best person (laughs) you've been a good you've been a good person for me i'm gonna say a financial (laughs) advisor would be a good person yes i know i know but i'm but but i also don't want people to feel guilt and i don't want to feel shame i want them to feel empowered because this is something that we can all do we can all do this it's just just approach it 
and organize it like a tough job that's coming up. And you're just going to mm-hmm. sit down and you're going to do the research and you're going to figure it out and you're going to get through it. Just like we do with everything. Yeah, like your continuity breakdown, guys. Just got to do a financial one. (laughs) You know, you're just all you got to do, like everything else, is just break it down to the small, manageable, bite sized pieces and you'll be fine. Awesome. I love it. Thanks, Tina. Thanks, Jamie Lee. (laughs) Bye. 